You're listening to the Global Vision Bible Church podcast, where broken people find new meaning to life. You're about to hear a message straight from God's Word, because at Global Vision, we believe in three things, biblical preaching, radical compassion, and extravagant generosity. Hey, at the end of this episode, I'd like to ask you to rate and review the podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel because we believe God's word still challenges perspectives, encourages hearts, and changes lives. Now let's head under the tent in Mount Juliet, Tennessee for this week's message from Pastor Greg Locke. Amen. You may be seated all over the house. Glad to be here. Shout it. Amen. All right, Exodus chapter 14 is where we're going to be in the good word of God this morning, the 14th chapter of the book of Exodus. If you have a hard time finding that, go to the first of the Bible, skip one book, Genesis, Exodus, amen? And uh, if you get all the way back to the, to the index page, you've gone too far, amen? So just Exodus chapter 14 is where we're going to be. Again, thank you for being under the tent. Thank you for being a part of a movement of the Lord, amen? The news asked me last week, said, uh, are you trying to start a movement? I said, I'm just trying to hold on for the move that God's already brought in, amen. So whether it turns into a movement or not, I'm not real concerned. I just want the Holy Ghost to continue to move and Jesus to be exalted, the Father to be glorified. And so thank you so much for being here. You know, a lot of times I, I tell you that I just preach and teach out of the overflow and certainly you know that to be the truth. I still love word by word, line by line, expository teaching. And we're gonna do that today, but I had something that I was going to deal with today, and, and I woke up to, obviously, the, the pictures and uh, the vandalism, and, and, and I knew the, the news crews were going to be here today, and it's, it's been a, a pretty fall down the steps week anyhow uh, in the news media outlets with, you know, Newsweek and Right Wing Watch, and it's not every day you get in a Twitter battle with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and so it's been a very interesting week. <laughs> I know it's a little abrasive what I said, but I stand by what I said, by the way, because I'm not for communism in any way, shape, form, or fashion in this nation, so... Arnold ought to know better because uh, America's been good to him, and so he probably just needs to go back to doing low-budget movies and quit trying to get into politics. But nonetheless, at the end of the day, that's neither here nor there. So it's been a very interesting week, as you can imagine. And so I, I woke up this morning with a verse. I'm gonna, it's going to preach a ways to get to the verse, but with just a verse, a thought from the Word on my heart. And so I'm praying that God will use this word to drop a word into all of our spirits and help us as we preach this morning. So let's get started. Got a lot to talk about. Exodus chapter 14, let's pray, and we'll jump in. Father, thank you again for Jesus Christ. Thank you that that name, just the very mention of that name, still causes demons to shake and flee. Redemption, salvation, healing, wholeness, peace, and joy is still found in that name. So, Father, I pray for the next few moments as we exalt that name, the King of kings and Lord of lords, that you would be pleased to meet with us. You said of your own accord, Lord Jesus, in red letters in the New Testament, if we will lift you up, you will draw men unto yourself. And we ask that you would do that. We ask that you would expand the horizons of our platform so that we can continue to preach to millions of people around the world and around the nation the unsearchable riches of the gospel of Jesus Christ. May the authority of the word of God captivate us in the moments that we have. Protect our spirit, protect the tent, protect our campus. But I pray, Father, that we would be willing to protect what you're doing here by giving you all the glory and all the honor because we deserve none of it. And we ask that this would just be the days of the beginning because I believe that you're about to do so much more in our midst. May we be faithful and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, 
In Exodus chapter 14, the narrative is simple. I won't insult your intelligence. You've been around the Bible, many of you, since your flannel graph days in Sunday school and vacation Bible school. You know, the people of God were slaves for 430 some odd years in a nation called Egypt. And Egypt is never looked at as a good nation in the Bible. It's always a picture of the world. And aren't you glad that that picture is also our picture because Jesus Christ redeems us from the curse of the world. And when we are saved, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new according to the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And so God uses a stuttering, stammering prophet by the name of Moses to lead the people of God out of Egyptian bondage with nothing more than a hickory stick in his hand. And I want to say that what you have right now is enough to turn the world upside down with the gospel if you'll be faithful with what you have and not be upset about what other people have. So Moses then goes down. He says, let my people go. Let my people go. Let my people go. And because he does not, 10 plagues from God fall upon the land, you remember. Uh, we find that there were frogs, there was flies, there was lice, there was darkness, there was death of the firstborn, which was not, by the way, just infants. The Bible says all the way to the throne of Pharaoh himself. The water was turned to blood. Many things happened. And I know people look at that and say, well, that's kind of fantastical. You're foolish to believe that. No, knucklehead, you're foolish not to. This is a Bible, not a Marvel comic book. Understand, it happened. It happened historically and biblically because the Bible says so. And I'll take my chances with the Bible, not with you. Can I get a witness? And so here in Exodus chapter 14, the people are now in the avenue of escape. They have walked away. Pharaoh recognizes the fact that now my slaves are gone and something has to be done. I got to keep them here so they can build the mighty structures in the land of Egypt. And so he's upset. He's having second thoughts. Even after the death of all the firstborn, the Bible says there was not a house in Egypt where there was not one dead. That's a big deal right there. Egypt was the most sprawling civilization on the planet, and there was not a house where there was not one dead. Let me tell you something, and then we'll move on in the text. You tick me off, big deal. You tick God off, you better pay attention to what's going on around you. God will not be mocked. You will not burn the candle of life at both ends and blow the smoke in God's face. He will get his glory, ladies and gentlemen. I said he will get his glory. And so the people of God have now exited Egypt. That's why you have a book called Exodus because they found the exit sign and they got out. But notice what happens in chapter 14, verse one. We'll work through the text for a little bit. So read along with me. It says, and the Lord spake unto Moses saying, watch this, speak unto the children of Israel that they turn and encamp before Pahiroth between Migdal and the sea over against Belzebub, for it shall ye encamp by the sea. Now let me tell you what's not happening. Okay, thank God for simple words like Hermitage and Donaldson, not Belsapon and McPath, right? Murfreesboro. But in these hard King James multisyllabic words, what you have is geographic directions. We have this idea sometimes when we approach the Bible with such willy-nilly fashion that, well, you know, they didn't have a Rand McNally app and they didn't have MapQuest. They didn't have Waze on their iPhone back in the day. And so apparently they made a mistake and they happened to find themselves, rot row backed up against the Red Sea. That is nonsense. That is not what happened. 
God gave them specific, divine, geographic directions to get them to that exact spot. He wanted them to be backed up to the Red Sea. You know why? Because the God that leads you to it is the God that'll lead you through it, ladies and gentlemen. He knew what he was doing even when Moses as a leader didn't recognize what was happening. And God was bringing them to what seemed like the brink of disaster. He was bringing them to a place where the people said, have you brought us into the desert? Have you brought us into the wilderness so that we may drown? And we'll see the pastoral response here in just a moment. But you better know, although it's not the message, you better know that there is no sea in your life that is too difficult for the God of heaven to step off his throne and to part it exactly when he needs to part it. So you are not backed up to a situation now just because you made a few bad decisions. Although every bucket sits on its own bottom, God forgives sins, he doesn't relieve consequences, and a lot of time our Red Seas are results of stupidity. However, God leads us to those places so he can part the water and lead us through those places. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. But then notice what happens as he gives them these directives. It says in verse 3, verse three for Pharaoh... We'll say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in. Now watch this. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Why? That he shall follow after them. God is about to change things in such a moment of divine respect, if you will, that Pharaoh is going to do the unthinkable and run into the water after the children of Israel. And God said, Moses, let me prepare you for something that's happening right now. He said, I'm going to prepare the heart of Pharaoh. I'm going to prepare the heart of the Egyptians. I'm going to harden them in such a way that they're going to have a rock-solid spirit and they, in their obstinance, in their rebellion, they are going to flee after you. They're going to throw all caution and reason and logicalness, if you will, to the wind and they're going to follow you and I'm going to prepare all of it. You know why? Because God is preparing the people around you for the work that he is doing within you. God's setting the stage. He's preparing the nation right now for not the third great awakening, but the greatest revival and the greatest awakening that the nation is ever going to see. I am convinced of that. You better know that America may fall one day, but it will not fall to Joe Biden. It will not fall to Nancy Pelosi. It sure ain't going to fall to Cuomo. He's out. Can I get a witness right there? I said he's out. You mark my words, Newsom is next. Nancy Pelosi is next. And you mark it down, Joe Biden's on the list, he's next. I don't care if you shout or not. I'm done playing these stupid games. I'm done with it. I told him this morning, you know, NPR was here the other day. They're Greg Locke averse, by the way. NPR said, uh, don't you think sometimes when them people get to clapping and get to shouting, don't you think you just get caught up in the moment and say things you don't mean to say? <laughs> I said, you got to understand me and the context of our church better than that. I told him, Buford, I said, look, by the power of the Lord, I don't get caught up in the moment. I said, what I'm saying creates the moment. I'm very aware of what I'm saying. If you think I just jump up here willy-nilly half-cocked and just say crazy things, I'm here to tell you, you've got the wrong one. I get emboldened by what I say because I got the facts for what I say. I ain't backing down from what I'm saying. And I'm here to tell you, God is preparing the people around you to handle what the Holy Ghost is doing inside you. 
He's hardening hearts and he's softening hearts. But it's God that does the work. You know, I used to get up every Sunday morning and fret. Oh my goodness, I wonder if people are going to come to that tent. It's so hot. Now I don't fret. You know why? Because God's preparing people to show up. God's got the right people showing up and God's got the wrong people leaving. Huh? We had a prayer meeting this morning and we said, Lord, if there's a bad heart under this tent, get it out. If there's somebody here with nefarious plans, get them out. If there's somebody that wants to weasel their way into the leadership and they're not right with God, get them out. Because where God's taking us, we're going to have to have purity and holiness and truth and righteousness. And we ain't got time for nonsense. So God prepared the hearts of the people and prepared the hearts of the enemy. And it was God that did both. Verse number four. Or excuse me, verse five. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. They said, why have we done this? You say, Brother Locke, they didn't sound like that. I've got the mic. They sounded exactly like that. There is no doubt, right? They sounded exactly like that. So why have we let them go? Now watch this. He gets all of a sudden excited and ponies up. Verse 6, he made ready his chariot and took people with him. He took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. Now wait a minute. It looked like they were about to be surrounded and outnumbered. You ever feel that way? People say to me all the time, well, I just can't wait till we go back to normal. Stop that. Welcome to your new normal. There's no going back from here. There's no backing up. There's no going back to normal. And I'm going to tell you why there's no going back to normal. Number one, God used it to thin out the ranks and raise up an army. So now we know who's serious. But it was also used preparation-wise on the other side because now they know who they can control and who's going to be a problem moving forward. So don't think that any of this was wasted because what COVID did, it exposed the wrong people and it elevated the right people that were going to be willing to say something at time for it to be said. And so it seems like we're surrounded, but I got to remind you, my Bible is very plain. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If God be for us, who can be against us? That's in the Bible. He said, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will not walk away from you. I'm going to be there. And yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. God's with me. God's with me. I don't need the approval of anybody else. Look, I, I like it when you clap, but I could preach if you didn't clap. Look, I preach in meetings where Antifa and BLM show up with paintball guns. I don't need a good clap. I'm my own favorite preacher. I'll sit in the front row and clap for myself. <laughs> Amen, preacher. That's good stuff. I know it is because it came right out of the Bible. And you've got to recognize that sometimes it looks like we're surrounded. It looks like, man, we've lost the church. It looks like we've lost our marriage. It looks like we've lost our kids. It looks like we've lost a nation. But last week we preached on this. God's going to give it all back. God's going to give it all back. But then notice what happens. Because things begin to shift, verse 8. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. 
And you remember there was a pillar of cloud and there was a fire that protected them every day, gave them light. Verse 9, but the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Piharoth before Belsapon. And so, man, it doesn't just look like they're outnumbered. It looks like they are overtaken. It looks like they're dead in the water, literally. It doesn't look like there's any hope at all. The chariots of Israel, the golden chariots. The huge soldiers, the trained military assassins have changed their mind and now at the commandment of a wicked governmental leader, he sends them out to destroy the people of God. It's amazing to me how accurate the Bible is for where we're living right this very second. It's amazing to me. Now, let, let me chit-chat with you just for a minute. Can somebody give me one of them napkins I got down there? Whew, I'm about to sweat wide, slam open. You just throw me that towel if you want to. I feel like T.D. Jakes up here with this thing. Praise God. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Listen, let me just talk before I keep reading this because sometimes I think this is where we live and this is how we feel. We're like, oh, pastor, they got us surrounded on every side. Oh, they fooled us for a little while. The narrative of the news media went exactly the direction that they wanted it to go and still continues to go and grow in that area. But I'm going to make you a promise, and it's not a good promise, other than we're going to stand. But here's the part of the promise you have to understand. We've been privileged to be one of the watchmen on the wall churches during all of this debacle. And that's why you're here, by the way. You didn't show up because I was going to be sitting on a stool saying, Dearly beloved, thank you for being here today. Every day is a Friday. That's not why you're here, okay? That's not why you're here. I'm not that stupid. That being the operative word. But I need to tell you something. What is about to happen to the church in America is going to be 10 times worse than what we just experienced over the course of the last 18 months. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm slowing down a little bit. I'm, I'm on purpose dialing things back. I'll get fired up in a minute. I'm dialing things back because you've got to hear the seriousness of my tone. They're going to attack the church this year like never before. It wasn't just about church lockdowns. It's about a complete church shutdown. The left, I know that's loose terminology. They hate the church. Now look, I'm going to be fair. Republicans, Democrats, two heads of the same snake. I have no loyalty to either one of them parties at all. My loyalty is to Jesus Christ and the local church. That's where my loyalty lies. But I just need to tell you something. If you are not paying attention, you are going to be sideswiped by what is coming. I just posted last night the news feed. Some of you saw it. It's going all over Facebook. It's going dead level viral right now. I watched the clips myself. It's firsthand information. Homeland Security has initiated a terror alert. Oh, not because there's any plans they say or anything that they think is going to happen. Oh, it's going to happen because it's going to be a false flag and they're going to blame us for it just like they blamed all the Trump supporters on insurrection day, which was not an insurrection. I was there. I don't care if you like that or not. And I'm not ashamed that I was there. 
and I ain't apologizing that I was there. I'm just making sure they get all the B-roll footage they need so they can get a raise at their boss's place. Amen. I ain't backing down on how many stupid cameras are in here. Somebody asked me the other day, what would you do if Joe Biden came to the tent? I'd run him off. I'd run that sleepy old man out of this tent in two seconds flat. And wicked demon, demon crats. They don't scare. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. As you can pretty much tell right now. Oh, I'm just getting started. I hope you're not real hungry. Guess who the terror alert's been issued to? The terrorists in America are the people that believe Trump won the election. Election. By the way, that doesn't make me a terrorist. That makes me a truther because that's the truth. He did win the election. <laughs> the terrorists are the people that don't like big government and push back against COVID mandates. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Push back against COVID mandates. We're supposed to have about 20 people today show up and, and protest the whole mask deal. You know, it's interesting. There are churches that mandate masks and they've never walked into them without mask and protest. So why mess with us? If you believe in personal choice, then leave us alone when we put up the sign that says no masks on campus. You can be assured when somebody remains in the tent with a mask on, it's because they've been kind and we've already asked them not to cause any trouble. So when you see somebody, we're not being hypocritical. We're just being gospel central because some people really do have a compromised immune system. Some people really do work with elderly folks. Some people really are concerned. And if you think we're just going to be a jerk for Jesus and throw everybody out, that's not even who we are. The point is I'm not creating an atmosphere of fear in a place of faith. I'm just not. I'm just not. There are no seat belts in them seats under this tent. Ain't nobody keeping you here. You ain't buckled in. Nobody's making you stay. It's this simple. Oh. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. I'm done with it. Bye. I'm done with it. They're dismantling our country. And people want to gritch at me for standing for the church in America. How dare you kill all these people? Come on. What a narrative. What a fall down the step, nonsensical, diabolical plan. Because now they say that the 20th anniversary of September 11th and get this, religious holidays are now on the terror watch list. Okay, I know some of you are like, oh my goodness, you better wake up. You better wake the crap up. They are going to shut down churches in this nation, and some of you are going to be like, well, that preacher is just so, he's just so abrasive. You know what I found out this year? Who would have hid Anne Frank and who would have turned her in to the government? That's what I found out. I know who to put the Jews on the boxcars. Half of them call themselves pastors and never earned the title, dirty, rotten, coward. Ought to get out of the ministry and sell insurance. I'm in rare form right now, but I'm feeling real good. I can tell my wife's being unusually quiet. You know, 
You know why? Because she knows I'm done with it. And I'm guarding my words carefully. Not because cameras are here. I don't care if cameras show up or not. I'm guarding my words to make sure I'm calculated that you understand they are about to come against the church in America like never before. It ain't going to be lockdowns. It's going to be locking up. I'm telling you, people's insurance are going to start dropping them. Our insurance doubled. Doubled when we took our stand. Doubled. I'm telling you, it's coming. Vandalism, oh, pff, who cares about that? Those little punks can paint anything they want to. I'm telling you. You better listen to me right now. Everybody paying attention? The reason we're going to a bigger tent and buying a million dollars worth of land, which we will buy, is because it's about to get so bad that all the haters and the doubters are going to need a place to go. And I'm going to declare unto you right now the word of the Lord and the word of Gregory Dwayne Locke. They will row helicopters and tanks up in this parking lot. They will threaten me with every bit of persecution, prison time that you can imagine. They can sue us. They can beat us. They can spray paint us. They can burn us down. We'll meet in the woods. We are not going to stop having service. We are not going to shut down this church. We're going to keep baptizing. We're going to keep shouting. We're going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep preaching. And y'all just keep on showing up. We will not bow down to their wickedness. I'm prophesying it right now we will not back down to their wicked evil I don't care what they say and I said to Joe Biden you try me I'll throw your tail out of this tent so fast when you show up you a fraudulent president you always have been you always will be you can knock me off Facebook all you want to I ain't playing your stupid games no more I don't care how vitriolic you think I am. I don't care. You say you're mad. I'm beyond mad. I'm so pastorally pissed off, I could burn this thing down myself. Shout or don't shout. They're taking this country away and we're letting them do it. Have I made myself clear? Just checking. I don't want to have to revisit this when y'all like, oh my goodness, we didn't see this coming. You didn't pay attention if you didn't see it coming. Now I'm trying to be on good behavior because I got my dear man of God buddy from India, praise God, but I, I'm just a little stirred up today. I can't help myself. Terrorism. We got a buck wild government calling us terrorists in this tent. And y'all like, no, oh, it's all good. Let them come for your kids and see how good it is. Hmm? It's going to happen. Oh, you're just a doomsday. No, I'm just a truth teller. It happened once and everybody ignored it. Which shows us that the second time is going to be easier for them. It's just par for the course for us. I, I'm, listen, you wouldn't believe how many friends I've lost taking the stand I take. My, my convictions aren't up for grabs. I'm not for sale. They don't intimidate me. Look, you got to understand. I'm just, I, maybe I'm cut from a different cloth. I don't know. 
But you, you, you show up at 3 in the morning with a hood and a mask on because we got you on camera, Skippy. Look, paint the buildings. Paint them $40,000 bathrooms. It'll come off. Paint inside the tent. Same handwriting, by the way, of when they, they got us when Roger Stone was here. Same coward. He just ain't been caught yet. But I'm going to be honest with you. You know what really gets me? When they're so passionate against what we stand for, which, by the way, I'm not trying to shut them up. They're just trying to shut us up. I don't want the left silenced. I just want them exposed. They can talk all they want. They can tweet all they want. But look, you show up in my tent, in our house, and spray paint F-U on my pulpit over a Bible verse that God used to call this ministry to existence to begin with. And you think I'm just going to sit down and roll over with all that. That little thug probably watching right now, whoever he is. Well, we're going to take a can of spray paint, $2 worth. F you, Global Vision. Your choices are killing people. Let me tell you something. If you honestly think that I woke up to those pictures early this morning, I'm like, oh, honey, what are we going to do? <laughs> We're trying to raise a million dollars, and now nobody's going to show up because they're going to be scared of Antifa. He wrote F you on my pulpit. What am I going to do? I need a safe space. Somebody got any cotton candy? I feel horrible. <laughs> my feelings are violated. Huh? You've lost your mind. I'm purposely calculating what I'm saying. Because I could throw this microphone to them cars this morning. I'm so fired up. Because by the way, that's what F-U means around here. Fired up! Fired up! Don't you F-U me. I say I'm fired up this morning. Pow, pow, pow. I'm going to fight back with the gospel. I might leave it on there a while just to remind myself how fired up I am. Man, I hope y'all get back 10.30 next weekend. We're going to fill the new tent first Sunday, praise God. So anyhow, I got to keep rolling. We good on time? All right, verse 10. I'm trying to get to verse 15, then we're going to quit and go to lunch. Uh, some of y'all going to stay and help us with these chairs, amen, but nonetheless. When Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. I bet they were. Kind of like some of us. Oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore hast thou dealt with us? to carry us forth out of Egypt. He's like, what are you doing? We're going to die. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone, that, they may, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. You just see what they said. We would rather die slaves than live as free men and women. That's what they said. I promise you one thing. I'm going to die free before I ever die slave to the government. I can promise you that. They say, well, that's anti-government talk. No, that's anti-Christ talk is what that is because I ain't bowing down to their beast system. Say amen right there. 
And so these people are like, oh, you brought us out here to kill us in the wilderness. We're going to die. And Moses said to the people, fear ye not. Verse 13. Let me see that phrase again. Fear ye not. Stand still. By the way, being still and being stopped are two very different things. You still do what you know to do is right when you're standing still. Because standing still and being stopped are not the same thing. God's still working. You just got to let him work and quit forcing stuff and see the salvation. The word means the deliverance of the Lord, which he will show you today. He didn't say, I'm going to show you in a month. I'm going to show you in six months. I'm going to show you in 10 years. He said, I'm going to show you salvation today, today, today. Somebody sent me a message, and I get a lot of messages every single day, but they said, look, we know you're about to preach, but we just want to send you this message. They're over in Hendersonville in a church right now. And she said, I just got a word in my spirit. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know who showed up. I don't even think she knows anything about the vandalism. She said, but God gave me a word during the singing. She said, I can't stop crying. She said, I want you to get up and declare to your church that it is a shift, and things are about to take place, and it's about to start right now. And she said, something's going to happen in the atmosphere at Global Vision Bible Church today and things are going to change, and people are going to be reached, and the gospel is going to be preached in such a way that people will walk out anointed by the power of God. And I receive it. There's a shift in the atmosphere. No turning back, no turning back. Stand still and see the salvation which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Now watch this. We even sang about this. The Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. You see, I'm at a place in our ministry where I get to declare what God says. I don't have to waste time defending myself. That's why I tell you guys, look, don't even worry about the trolls on Twitter and Facebook. Don't, 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 you don't have to say, oh my goodness, that's not true. He's actually a very good pastor. You ain't got to do it. You, you ain't got to try to defend me. I appreciate it. I love you. I think a shepherd ought to smell like sheep, and so we're just one big family, right? No big eyes and little U's up in this house. We're just family. You come one time, you're a visitor. You come next week, you're part of the family. And don't try to hide because the cameras are here. You're guilty by association just for being here today, I can promise you. Your buddies ain't going to like it, but it's all right. Make sure they pan them cameras real good. Let everybody know who's here, huh? right? You try to hide out. Not here, you ain't. But I'm just saying, we've got to recognize the fact that this battle belongs to God. This battle doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to Greg Locke. It doesn't belong to Global Vision. It doesn't even belong to the church. It's God's battle. He's going to take care of us. That's why I'm saying we're going to keep preaching, keep praying, keep prophesying, keep seeing people healed, keep being, see, seeing people saved and baptized. We're just not going to stop. We're not going to slow our roll. Why? Because the battle is the Lord's. They think they got an ace in the hole. They think they're going to win. They think they're going to shut us down. What they're going to find out in round two is that more businesses are going to stand up to their tyranny. More public school parents are going to stand up to their tyranny. More teachers are going to stand up to their tyranny. More pastors are going to stand up to their tyranny. More politicians are going to stand up to their tyranny. More colleges are going to stand up to their tyranny. More people are going to say enough is enough. We've had a gutful. We're done with it. No more. No more. No more. No more. It's going to happen. They've awakened a mighty giant. They've awakened a mighty giant. But I have to show you what the responsibility for all of us happens to be in the middle of this fight, in the middle of this Red Sea crossing, in the middle of this absolute censorship. Big tech is against us. Media, against us. The left and some of the right, against us. 
how do we withstand that? You know, here's what they ask me all the time. Don't you think if you would just quiet down a little bit that, that you would, you'd make more friends? I ain't looking for friends. I'm looking for freedom. I don't need more friends. I'm fighting for your freedom. I'm fighting for your children's freedom. You know, Bill Lee, I talked about it last week. We stayed in the news for four days about calling Bill Lee a coward because we said something about them uh, vaccination camps. Fox 17 said, look at this conspiratorial preacher. He said, section 8, I said 8, it was actually 18, pardon there. That's the only mistake I made in saying it. Got my 8 and my 18 messed up. He said, section 18 says that they're building COVID quarantine camps. And this is a dangerous man. Then channel 2 said, oh, it kind of says that. It kind of exactly says that. Exactly says that. So, like it, lump it, don't. Hate me, love me, ignore me. I'm telling you, we're in for a bumpy ride the rest of this year. You, you better put on the whole armor of God. And I'm not going to give you a great big, well, I told you so. No, my I told you so is right now. I told you, right now. So when hell breaks loose, and it will, there'll be a place of refuge right here on this campus. There'll be a place of refuge under this tent, that tent. There'll be a place of refuge right here. It's no accident God's growing us when he's growing us. It's that back door coming in to revival. Because we're going to see revival, but it's going to come through the back door of persecution. We don't escape this without some jail time. We don't escape this, Pastor Aaron, without some fines. We don't escape this without some bruises and some bumps and some scars and some threats and some spray paint and doubled up insurance. We don't, we don't escape this. So I just want you to understand that we have a biblical responsibility in the text for what we do now. We just do. It's in the Bible. Check this out. This beautiful. Verse 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? He's like, look, I told you it's going to happen. Speak unto the children of Israel. Comma! that they go forward. You say, what, what's the biblical response? We go forward. We go forward. We don't slow. We don't stop. We don't close. We don't get intimidated. We don't get bullied into a corner. We don't take our sign down. We don't get the baptistic porky pig syndrome. We speak clear. We speak bold. We speak 
complain. We speak outrageously for what some people would say, but we don't go backwards. We're not going back to Egypt. We're not going to give in. We are going to go forward, and then we're 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 going to go forward. And when they try to bring us back, we'll shake it off, and we'll go forward, and we'll go for. They'll put us in jail. We'll get out, and we'll go forward. They'll sue us, we'll pay the bill, and we'll go forward. We're not stopping. So if today's message is nothing but a prophetic warning, let it be that. The warning that it's going to get worse and the promise that we don't care. We're going to keep reaching people for Jesus Christ because the message is a Jesus message. He's still the hope of the world. People say, well, you go to all these political rallies. What do you preach about? Jesus. I ain't never got up at a political rally and preached about Donald Trump. I always preach about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He's the sweetest name I know. So I know today we've been a little unplugged. But I have a choice as a shepherd. I can protect the sheep or I can open up the gate to the wolves and let them all go to the slaughter. But I cannot equally do both at the same time. I got one choice. I can warn you and protect you and love you and sometimes have to shear you. Or I can just put my stick down and let the wolves devour you. Let them take your kids. I can get to a place where I say, you know what, I'm just, I'm just sweaty. I'm just tired of the fight. I'm tired of the death threats. I'm tired of documentaries. I'm tired of my family being hounded. I'm tired of toilet paper poop in the mail. I'm tired of cleaning up vandalism. I could get there. I mean, look, I'm just as human as the rest of you. We're in the fight of our life, church. We're living in the days that the apostles wished they lived in because they predicted where we're living right now. And my DNA is such that there is nowhere else I can go from here but forward. We got to go forward. Because did you know the whole world is counting on America right now because when America falls, we're the last bastion of freedom and capitalism. Our friends in India are counting on America. Our friends all around the world counting on America to stand and fight for what God gave us because the government gave me none of it. God gave me all of it. Difficult message perhaps to preach and to hear, but at the end of the day, we bring the plane into the landing strip, and I simply say, church, my charge to you, to me, to us, to them, is simply go forward. Go forward. Go forward. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from God's Word. 
This podcast is a ministry of the Global Vision Bible Church in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. To find out how you can partner with this ministry or plan your visit to the Revival Tent, visit us online at globalvisionbc.com. There you can find links to all of the social medias. You can see what's happening on campus and learn everything you need to know about GVBC. We can't wait to see you there.